Hello everyone, get ready. This could be the last show before the robots come. AI, artificial intelligence, ChatGPT. ChatGPT, tell me what to do in this. It hasn't given me the tips yet, but one day it will. Till then you've got me. Mid-journey at the ready. Whatever AI is there. I don't know. There's quite a few. Okay, 20 seconds. 18 seconds, Friday. There you go. Only four, four or five more hours until the pub after this, isn't it? Okay, cool. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this live stream special. I've got an awesome guest, but just before we do that, I'm going to tell you what today is all about. So if you have ever used ChatGPT, or if you've used Midjourney, or you've watched a film about AI or something other crazy, then you're probably familiar with the term. You can't go on the internet without people talking about it. But I thought, to let's bring it into architecture. Now, I don't practice architecture anymore. I do this podcast, and I'm in Excel, and I'm on the phones. But I know a lot of cool architects that do this stuff as well. And last year, I was fortunate to meet one of the co-founders and directors of Sassy Studio, whose name is Mattia Santi. Mattia, how are you today, sir? You okay? Thank you, Stefan. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me here today. And thanks to Architecture Social for the opportunity of being part of this very exciting talk. No worries. So, Mattia, tell me about yourself then. Who are you, first of all? So I'm an architecture engineer. I'm co-founder of Sassy Studio. I worked for many years for several firms, including architects. And after that, like I decided to open my own company. And I also co-founded the design digital magazine that works in the investigates the, the role of new technology in this field. And uh, I also teach in you know in the time I have outside of the profession. Like I also teach at the architecture association. I teach in Spain, so we do like some teaching activities. And I co-founded the studio with uh, my wife, Francesca. Brilliant. Okay, amazing. Now, I'm going to bring up a little bit of eye candy of Sassy Studio first so that people can see all the cool stuff that you do. Now, Mattia, tell me exactly what is Sassy Studio? Give us a little bit of a flavor of what you do. So we are a multidisciplinary practice. We work on projects at different scale. We work on high-rise building. We work on mixed-use development. We work also on interior design project. We work on several product design projects. And we also recently started working on digital products. Uh, we are investing also in this direction. And we, especially one important area in which we experiment a lot is the use of new technologies like artificial intelligence, uh, but also like we are investing in the metaverse uh, and digital twins. So these right. are the areas in which like uh, we are very excited to to invest our our resources and we work in different countries like at the moment we are following project in uh, some project in us and some project in dubai and uh, yeah so <laughs> we do architecture in the large spectrum i love it and it's very rare so you were one of the first architectural practices that i i was aware of 
that does stuff in the metaverse. Now, I know that you're probably going to come on another time and expand upon the metaverse as well, but it is interesting. So tell us quickly, you mentioned that you're on the metaverse and also you're doing a little bit of artificial intelligence. Now, I know you've got something to show us in a little bit, but yeah. tell me where, but where did that come around? Because I've, I originally think of architects building, just building. So tell me about that hybrid business model. Let's say, I think the metaverse will expand the physical reality. As today, let's say a website is important as well as a physical shop. I believe that current internet is just a step in between the, what will be the future of the internet. I believe in a three-dimensional internet. I believe that we can go beyond the age of the screen. We can, I believe in an internet that surrounds us. It's not like just something we interact with a surface, like to a screen. But I believe that in a more immersive cloud experience that will bring special computing around us and will allow everyone to access, let's say, an additional layer to the physical reality. That's why we invest on metaverse. We believe that is going to be an important technology for society. And it's also a way that humanity have to, uh, to win some of the physical barriers. Imagine two people that live far from each other and can go shopping together in the metaverse. This is something like I find very romantic. Yeah, I think so too. I find it, I'm very curious. Now, I think that's good to set the setting. Now, I'm, we're in for a treat in the audience because actually Matea is one of the most organized guests that I've had. And Matea, you have a little bit of a presentation just to give a bit of an overview. And I was wondering if I bring that up on screen now, are you happy to dive in and go through what you've beautifully prepared? Yeah, I think it's just it's a few slides that run us through some concepts, starting from some recent news to what, considering what was happened before this, this all AI news, yeah. and, and see what actually are different type of AIs and how we are applying them in our in our business. Brilliant. I'll bring it up now, but don't worry. Then, and in the audience, if anyone's got any questions for Matea as we go along, you can do. We've already got hello, a hello. So I can. Hello. Okay. Hello. Hello, <laughs> yeah. Hi. <laughs> but if there's anything Hello, as we world. go, yeah, feel free to go in. But Matia, we're all yours and I'll just sit back and chill out for a minute. Yeah. So I guess everyone, as you say, you cannot go on the internet without talking about the AI. A few days ago, came out the new episode of Black Mirror and it really gave us an astonishing idea of how AI can influence our life in the future with these real-time generated movies. And I guess this, this sort of technology has been raising a lot of positive feedback, a lot of interest, millions of users in a few weeks, but also a lot of concern. Are going to be many jobs be replaced by machines? Is going AI to AI is going to take over our what the human do, does better, especially in the creative industry? And I think it is important to know the technologies, not to be scared about it. I think like when we started, when we passed from AutoCAD, from hand drawings to AutoCAD, of course, like um, speed up the process, change the amount of things a person could do, but it didn't completely erase people. It's like photography. Photography didn't remove painters. Like there are still painters and there are photographers. And somehow photography is even more automated than AI. So um, I guess like it's all about, I think probably it's not going to be AI to substitute people, but people using AI substituting other people. So I guess like it's going to be like probably the future scenario. Yeah. But I think also like that is interesting for us to consider how important could be this technology for our industry, because we have been always trying to be inspired by nature. 
architect, engineers, designers have been always looking at nature and complex natural phenomena to really be able to find new design inspiration, find the new ideas for structure, new ideas for systems. And, and natural systems are very complex. They tend to minimize energy. They tend to minimize to find the equilibrium condition. And they have a lot of intelligence inside them. We refer always often to this type of intelligence called swarm intelligence or material intelligence. And I think these two forms of intelligence are probably at the same level of AI or they bring a lot of knowledge about the laws of physics. And we have been uh, as uh, designers for years and years, like uh, trying to interpret uh, like uh, nature in different ways. And nowadays we are in a very interesting moment of, of uh, technological evolution, in which we actually have the capability to really simulate some of the system. For example, uh, there is an interesting paper from Alan Turing, uh, one of the basis also of one of the people that had an important contribution in terms of artificial intelligence, in which he describes, for example, the chemical basis of morphogenesis, so how you can use some differential equation to generate some of the pattern we find in nature. And this is, for example, one of the algorithms we developed with our students that actually simulates this, this algorithm and actually is able to simulate, for example, some of these behavior in, in natural systems. So you can see, for example, how these different parameters within the code that you just said before generate different type of form that simulates some things happening in physical reality. So is it definitely not AI, this is still a, like an algorithm, it's a mathematical model that describes like a physical behavior, but these are some, let's say, forms of trying to model the intelligence of natural system and bring them in a digital world. And if you think about this was happening from centuries, great architects like Gaudi, they were trying to use a build analogic model to catch and capture the intelligence of material the intelligence of nature and try to transform them in model they can control somehow to resolve certain design problems. We can think about, for example, Musmech that was using like fabrics, a soap film to try to simulate this complex system and find optimal material distribution. Similarly, is also the work of Freyotto, who was all people that build a lot of things and they were actually trying to use the material intelligence to solve problems that are beyond human capability. We can see, for example, a combination of wall threads with the soap that uh, tries to minimize energy on the system. So these things of using like a, a sort of meta-intelligence, let's say something that goes beyond the human intelligence, has been always part of the research of big personalities that nowadays are a reference for all of us. We study as a reference. So when we are really scared about what artificial intelligence can bring, we just should be aware that actually much even more powerful intelligence has been trying to catch. These people have been trying to catch like the intelligence of the nature itself. And nowadays we have many tools like technologies to actually control these and transform this model in algorithm model that can be adapted and can, let's say, uh, try to transform this material intelligence in system that we can adapt in different conditions. And we also have the power to transfer this data from the digital world to the physical world, really like combining algorithmic intelligence with uh, material intelligence uh, and also machinery intelligence to try to bring this, to simplify our daily problem. Like our industry somehow is uh, following the overall pattern that the general industry is following. As the industry evolved, having more and more intelligence machine over time, nowadays in Industry 4.0, we have autonomous uh, fabrication system called also dark factories that are able to produce without human intervention. 
And if you think about these things can have a wide application in architecture, that especially in terms of sustainability and adaptive to nature, I think there are a lot of possibilities in our in. And if you think about uh, this is a really like a, we are all now talking about AI, but it's not such new technology that came out like a, in one week. Actually, it took many years. Like we have the first idea of person that is like this sort of digital neuron, this sort of logical neuron. Um, I mean, in the 40s, and then you had the first application that was actually a physical, let's say, multi-layer persistron from Rosenbaum in the 50s. So we have, it took many years to this technology to evolve where it is now, in which we able to use this sort of a system of a simple, let's say, logical neuron, like the persistron combining multi, multi-layer persistron and start to solve a more complex problem. A single person percent can only solve a linear problem, but if you start to combine multiple of these, they can solve multi more complex non-linear problems. And thanks to backpropagation and other of this sort of technology that allow to change a parameter in this multi-layer perceptron, you can actually have a phenomena of learning and the machine can learn itself and can be trained to resolve certain tasks. We have, of course, when you talk about the artificial intelligence, we also need to know that we are touching a very umbrella term that beyond the behind you know beyond the term artificial intelligence there are a lot of different type of technologies so that they that fall in these categories and also within each one of these there are a lot of differences and i think when we are really evaluating how we use artificial intelligence and how this can be beneficial for architects i think is is very important also to consider that there is for example many different neural networks and Every different artificial intelligence can work in a different way. If you try, for example, to use Dali, or if you try to work with Midjourney, the result is completely different because the neural network that is behind is different and the type of result that we can obtain are different. For example, we love working with Midjourney. It's one of the AI we use, also stable diffusion. There are many out there. And the interesting thing is that some of the learning process are similar to the learning process that happen also in human beings. So somehow you have a way to actually understand and interact with AI and try to improve and create a sort of workflow. This is like our typical workflow with AI, where we start with some text input or images input, and we then use some keywords or parameter to try to experiment variation of the same design system. And then we give a feedback and we try to improve that option or the other option we like until we arrive to the option we prefer. But it's very similar to what we do also when we work within a team and we try to test different options and we invest more time in the option we like. In a similar way, also, like we find it interesting because it helps us to, in our daily work, is helping us to do a lot of experimentation in different types of design fields, like from product design, like chairs is or tables or chair staircase or even bigger project and it allow us to really quick get thousands of experimentation quickly and help a small company like us to be competitive with the larger firms that otherwise somehow democratize the access to the profession. And as you can see, of course, you need to control it and nothing comes for free. You need to spend a lot of time still learning to control it and do several tests, but compared to the time you will need to do these things manually will be very time consuming. And I guess we can see the benefit uh, of applying this technology in our industry that uh, is always very time consuming and uh, with a lot of uncertainty, risk and things that, uh, that we need to deal with. 
And somehow, like these are different experimentation we applied on architecture facade, infrastructure projects. We are testing even you know on some larger industrial design, your like design and these kind of things. So, yeah, I guess I hope this gives a, a short of like a quick introduction of what we are doing, how we are using these technologies, and why we find this interesting. Brilliant. Well done. I'll give you. I'll give you a virtual round of applause. I think that's such a cool intro now and it sets the scene. So what I was going to say, Mattia, is that you touched upon mid-journey, you touched upon chat GPT, so there's text, there's image as well. Do you see any other ways that like AI could be involved in an architecture practice? Would it... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. for example, uh, even ChatGPT can help. For example, one 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 thing that architects always have to do is try to also implement code algorithms to study certain geometries or to resolve complex projects. In many cases, we didn't have time to have a proper training about programming, so many of us are actually. Uh, self learner and uh, we have to we know how steep is the learning curve when you have to learn things by yourself so i guess for example chat gpt helps you also to write part of code and this can be beneficial because it can give you a base for example to develop certain algorithms or certain custom tools that can help your daily working activities but also like, it can be interesting to analyze what large data set for example understanding city behavior or how people behave in a large scale and access extrapolate data that would be difficult to manage by a human being. Yeah, so I appreciate you sharing that, Matia. It's very interesting. Malcolm in the audience says, please post what AI is being used. So it is mid-journey, chat GPT. Are those the main ones that you're for playing around with at the moment then, Matia, in the studio in terms of tools? Yeah, we use mainly like ChatGPT and MidJourney, but uh, I also suggest to look at Stable Diffusion. It's also open source, so it's definitely a very look to look at. And Dali, fundamentally, is a fork of ChatGPT. So okay. uh, if you think about it, it's actually a fork of ChatGPT. I mm, also know that there are other AIs also from FPOL, etc., that will come and other like Pointy, for example, they are trying to generate a 3D model directly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I use ChatGPT in my business and we touched yeah. upon it earlier, Mattia, because I think there's two things. There's the, uh, like, in terms of the production of architecture, then I think that what you talk about makes a lot of sense. But the other bit that I think that where AI is going to be used much more and can be used really effectively is the back of house of the business in an architecture profession. Submitting documents, competition bids. When you go write all that stuff, ChatGPT is really useful for that. It's the mundane stuff. It's also enhancing maybe the company policy document it's all this stuff as well which i think it actually enables the architect to focus on the architecture do you have any thoughts along that as well yeah i totally agree with you i think also what would be very interesting is to consider the importance of this technology in terms for example of compliance with the regulations or, for example, like using this technology to study material behavior or, for example, to source products that can fit better your design. I know that Domus, if, if I remember correctly, is developing an algorithm that helps to choose materials through AI. 
I think, for example, when you choose a product in a house, even just if you want to choose, for example, a heater or you just choose tiles, like you have thousands of options around you. And we do this constantly with our clients. And of course, clients always want the best, the best price that perfectly fits the project. And you always have time constraint and you have not only to satisfy the client, but you also need to satisfy UK regulation in general, like all the regulation that are required. So there are so many parameters, even just behind the selection of a simple element, like a heater, for example, the color, yeah. availability of time, cost, IP rating, uh, installation, support structure, dimensions. And it's one element. And in a house, you have thousands of elements, like in three different bathrooms, you're going to have three different heaters. AI can really bring it back to business, I would say. Because there are many different types of profession, and I think architecture profession is one of those that deals with many different things. That when you deal with many things, means you need a lot of time, and therefore this time is often like going to reduce the, let's say, profit that your company makes somehow, no? And yeah. this doesn't happen for other, or happen in a different way in other professions. I cannot speak about other professions because I have experience about architecture. I don't want to go beyond my expertise, but I can see that there are some professions that in the last few years has been really supported by technologies, be able to look, for example, too quickly about the lows on, on, on the computer, like really speed up the time for doing certain operations, certain research. And for us, we were waiting for something like this. I think have somebody that can be a pilot and can help us to really like check clashes or check compliance with regulation, checks product availability, I think it really can make our industry competitive again with the, with the current speed. Yeah, really well said. Now, for anyone, I've, I reckon there's going to be a few people in the audience. So I actually put up a poll earlier in this week, Matthias, saying how many people have used chat GPT or some form mm. of AI. And I think there was like, 30%, 25 to 30% of a thousand people who voted said that they use it all the time. 25% of people that said that they use it now. And then there was like 45 to 50% of people, roughly in those numbers, that haven't touched it yet. Now, I think that's going to increase. And we touched upon something earlier as well, that the concept that I don't think, both of us don't think, that AI will replace an architect. However, an architect that uses AI is probably going to go further or faster than an architect who doesn't. Now, that's my perception in business. That's just my feeling, and I'll expand upon it after yourself. But do you also agree with that sentiment that an AI-enabled architect is going to be more productive, potentially, than one that isn't? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's like you're using Beam or using other technology that simplify the, the production of the work. Yeah, I also agree that it's not going to be like AI to be able to substitute the architect for a simple reason, because just talking about our profession, but I think a similar concept can be applied in other profession. But anyway, as professional, we are decision makers. So fundamentally, if you really think about why people come to us, not really because we build a 3D model, not really because we do AutoCAD drawings, not really about all of this, because we are decision makers. And because these decision makers are based on interpretation of regulation, interpretation of constraint, and try to solve a multi, let's say, multi-objective optimization problems. So basically, somehow it's difficult for an AI to, to substitute the responsibility 
that is connected with the role of an architect. So maybe it can help to take decision. It can provide you like different option of material. By the end of the day, you want, let's say, the architect to be there and provide you the final advice for that. Yeah. That's why you go for an architect, because otherwise you can go to a shop and you're going to have somebody that's going to provide you thousand different materials and probably even a design for free. And that's it. You already have many that are trying to substitute architects and try to give the design for free just, just to get clients out the door. And I think design can just, yeah, can just help architects to gain back some of those of that time that yeah. would be otherwise will make us not competitive in the industry. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, I think it would be naive, dare I say, to think that AI is going to stay as it is or go away. It's going to get more and more complex. But like you said, AI requires a prompt. And I think that until the day that the AI, and it's getting fast and smart, outpaces that, then we're still involved. And what I was going to say is, I agree too. I just, I use it all the time in my business. And actually, I didn't even think I was going to talk about this, but I'll show you something because you've been so cool and you show me the presentation. So I've got something as well on the Architecture nice. Social, which I haven't announced officially, but wow. it's there. <laughs> okay, so it's because ChatGPT is based upon, it, it sucks in thousands and millions and trillions of pages or whatever, up until a certain time point. And GPT... The T in it means transistor, right? So it's taking that information and then it's regurgitating information. But I've also, because on the Architecture Social website where it's built, I've plugged in OpenAI and also I've plugged in what's embedded. So I'm starting to develop this script and it's public information. So I'll bring it up now and we can test it live. Very exciting. Yeah, we'll test it live. Let's see if it survives or not. Oh, I've gone the wrong view. There we go. Okay. So this is at, for now, architecturesocial.com forward slash GPT. And I've called it ArcGPT because, I don't know, it just popped in my brain. Or you can use the little button everywhere, but you can basically put some stuff in. So the idea is, because OpenAI, if you say, who is allies of Morris and architects, they might get some information yeah. wrong or right. Well, I've plugged it into the directory. So let's say, who is Allies and Morrison? Okay, and so in this scenario, it will scan my website, it will scan the other website, and it will bring up more factual information. I've got to plug Sassy after this. I'll be honest, Matia, I haven't done it yet. We'll plug you in <laughs> after this. But you'll get a bit more accurate information. If you then said, how do you, maybe something more, what is the role of an architect, then it's going to look on my website and it's going to look online and it will pick the answer. Now I can fine tune this over time, but it's starting to give more and more prompts. Now where it will get really interesting is for example, now architecture CVs and portfolios are incredibly specific and it's something I've done a lot on. So if I say how many pages should and sorry, I know this is very small text on the screen, but just trust me, I'm typing in how yeah, many we pages. Can't read it. Yeah, we can't read it, but you get the concept. Can, in, yeah. You can click the link. How many pages should be in an architectural CV and portfolio? And then it will bring up an answer. Now, if you type that into chat GPT, it's going to be less specific. Let's see what it got from my website. So I'll 
caught on the screen what it says. Oh, I might have stumped it now. It's really thinking. Look. So let me see what it says. This was so more I, complex for him. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Let's see if it survives or dies. So I've entered this. Where is it going? What's it going to say? It's really it's thinking. Look, it's clocking. Is it working? Maybe we yeah. haven't replaced the humans yet. Maybe we have. Let's see. Is it coming? Looks like it's died. Let's see. It's died. There you go. Don't worry, everyone. The robots are not going to replace us just yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try okay, one more it time. It was a, a live experiment. Demonstrated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's going for this time. So this is what it's going to say now. Okay. So it's very quirky software. So it said this time. For this answer, it said this. Let's see it. Oh, I'm hitting the I'm hitting the limit, but it's given a big answer, talking about the design portfolio is recommended to keep it concise. Ten to twenty pages is best. So it's now I reckon it's looked at my information on the website and plugged it in. So it's getting there. It's not perfect because it didn't answer the first time, but it's interesting technology so i'm going to leave it there that's something i've experimented but and so what that was combining open ai with what's called embeddings and embeddings are basically pages of information from the architecture social that's it it's very exciting like you see it's really creating a new experience like here that would not be possible before yeah and if i got... you have a person behind architecture social that answer to every question stays there 24 7. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The interesting bit is like this AI, once it's scooped all this information up, would be better than if I hired someone new and got them in my company to answer the questions. So that's where it gets really scary. However, this robot is, like you said, not yet reliable because it crashed first time. And also it couldn't do the advanced functions in my business. Like in terms of recruitment, it couldn't work out what kind of pro project architect would be appropriate for SASE studios and have a conversation with them. But it's interesting, isn't it? What's your thoughts on that example there of scooping in information into the AI for formulas? I find it super exciting, Stefan. I think it's a very great addition to Architecture Social and I'm waiting to see it live for everyone because I think it's going to be very exciting. And I think, I hope to see this applied more and more in a lot of websites because yeah. I think nowadays websites are start to be substituting sometimes the GP or the AI start to be present everywhere. So the website many times nowadays is a little bit like your interface with some decisions sometimes are very important you when you go for example to do a declaration on a government website or when you do some important bureaucratic things on some of these websites and sometimes you feel alone in front of technology yeah because there are no people behind this technology and the technology is not smart enough to really solve your problem so either the responses has been pre-embedded in the system or you are basically left with a problem that an operator will need to solve in one day, two days, one week or two, two weeks. And if you have AI, this can be resolved in real time and we just make the automation we are supposed to have much more reliable and much more engaging. And I don't think it's going to substitute the people because you, yeah, maybe you substitute a person that is going to answer many many random questions, but then you can have uh, the same person you would 
you'll be hiring is going to be there to dedicate more time to the people that really need the more attention or the sort of engagement that you really yeah. want to have with your customers in the future. So I guess there are, there are risks, but there are also potential benefits that depends a lot how technologies are embedded. These also make, make a big, a big difference. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say quickly to the audience, if you want to ask here a question, now is your time, because we're going to be winding down in a little bit. However, Mattia, before, before that, what are you excited about then at the moment? You know, between things we are doing? Yeah, or anything. Tell me. What, what yeah, you... we are definitely excited about to see how these generative technologies can transform the architecture profession. We expect in the next few years to have to expand the business of architecture from only the physical building to digital buildings as well. And I think this would really like change also some of the business model of our profession. And I'm curious to see how other designers are going to jump into the metaverse and how the end user are going to really uh, start to value virtual real estate and really start to understand how immersive experiences can be more interesting for them than two-dimensional websites. I'm really uh, curious to see how we are going to pass from the age of the screen to the age of spatial computing and, and how this could open new opportunities for our profession if designers and architects are able to take this profession because uh, these opportunities, because as you can see, other companies like already Apple or other companies are not related at all with this field. They are trying to jump into this field, although it's not their original, let's say, field of application. But think, for example, the new visor that came out from Apple that is going to be available soon uh, and is designed to, um, to make you experience virtual reality for longer hours. Is an example of how every company sees a potential in this evolution of computing, in this spatial computing, and how everyone wants to be in this industry. So I really hope that uh, as a design community, and that's why I'm really happy also to be here today, let's say we, we will be able, let's say, to come out with some good ideas and with some new business models that are going to bring our profession in, 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 let's say, in the field of tech and become competitive player in the tech world. Yeah, sad. I have one last question before, um, because we talked about the concept. You talked about some examples, really cool stuff. And we've mentioned ChatGPT earlier. We mentioned like mid-journey. But if an architect hasn't played around with AI yet, where do you think is a good starting point for them to get involved with here and start experimenting? I think both ChatGPT and Dali are good. Dali is very straightforward because you can access through OpenAI. It's very straightforward, but you may find the answers not very creative, very to the point. If you want something more creative and more, let's say, able to evolve more with your thoughts and with your, let's say, prompt, I think it's better to start with ChatGPT. The, sorry, with the journey. And I believe also it's interesting that when you are in a Discord, that is basically the social media used to run journey. I think it's interesting because you have a very vibrant community and you can yeah. learn a lot from other people as well. So you can see the other prompt, you can see the other results, and I think it really speeds up your learning curve as well. So yeah. Makes also ChatGPT is a very good starting point because you can immediately see the advantage of asking questions to AI. Yeah. I agree with you. I think those kind of feel like the what the the founding 
whatever. Midjourney definitely is the architect's choice right now, for whatever reason. Yeah. And you're right, ChatGPT, everyone is putting stuff in there. I think the one that would be really disruptive when it comes out, which is built on OpenAI, because Microsoft own OpenAI, for anyone that's wondering, is when Microsoft are now going to bring in, basically, they're what they're called like autopilot or copilot, I think it's called, and they're going to bring that into Outlook. And I think that will be the big change because how many emails do we do as an architect in a business every day? Lots. How many emails do you do? So much. It's communication. When OpenAI is plugged into Outlook, I think it will be an interesting scenario. And I wonder whether it'll be one robot talking to another robot. Okay, I need to reply to Mattia. Copilot, tell Mattia that. And then you go, oh, Stephen sent me an email. Copilot, send this. So I think that will be one of the most influential moments, potentially, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's going to be very exciting to see that. I, I think so. But Mattia, before we go, I always like to say, is there any questions that you'd like to spring on me on the stage? Anything at all? Yeah, I think uh, one question is, uh, how do you think the uh, architecture community is going to embrace these new technologies? Since you're an expert in this, in this field and you really are doing an amazing job in the uh, with architecture social and you're building something, I think, uh, that is very important for our industry. And what do you think uh, is how, how our you know, our community is ready for this technology. Do you, what's your feeling about that? Hey, I'm flattered by your comments. What I think is we're going to have a similar human reaction that I've seen before, okay? So less about my website, but more about recruitment, okay? So over the years, I would speak initially when I started in recruitment, it was around 2014, and Reddit was just about coming into the UK, into Europe, but it had been in certain countries a bit more, like Australia was using it much quicker than the UK. And what it was is there was a resistance to use it. Some people were like, ah, oh, no, I know AutoCAD for years. I can't be bothered. And I get that as well, because even me sometimes with some tech, I'm like, oh, I've got to learn a new piece of software and you've got to get through that. And But where I'm going with this is that people were resistant to the change. They were going, no, nope, I don't believe in that. I only need AutoCAD, I only need Vectorworks. And what's happened is there was a fight there and some people were resisting it. Some business owners were resisting it. And the reality is the industry has gone that way anyways. And that was partly did that there was government mandates and all this stuff. But I reckon what's going to happen is that there's going to be a lot of architects which are resistant to using the technology. And in this world, I think the ones that are going to be more efficient, more proficient, and then we might even see in a few years' time job descriptions coming out which actually say are familiar with certain APIs to do with OpenAI, especially if anyone's a computational designer or something, maybe there will be yeah. certain things that plug into it. So I think that the people that are embracing it are going to get a huge advantage because back in 2014, 2015, if you used to use use BIM, the reality is you were the top of the pick. The best companies would just bring you in. And so you'd have a lot of architects come from Australia and who were good at design. And because they had that skill, they would just get the most amazing jobs. And I think that the architecture professionals, so 
the business owners, there's a case for it being more efficient, like we talked about. And but the professionals as well, I think people that use it as a tool are going to have an unfair advantage over those who don't. So I think that's yeah. going to take a few years. It's not going to be this year or next year, but the people that are embracing it will be ahead of the curve and have more choice, have more opportunity, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we can look back at this video and if I'm wrong, I'll eat my hat or whatever, but I feel like that's the way it's going. And was there any other questions or is that all from you for now before we wind down? You, are you there? Oh, yeah, then. You there? Mattia, I think we've lost you. Don't know what's no, happened. I'm here. I'm oh, here, I'm here. Maybe no, I you asked to me, I thought if there were other questions from, from the audience. Sorry. I didn't oh, understand. no worries. No, from me, yes, I think this is for me the most, the most important question to understand how the community will respond to this. Yeah. I think we've had a few people quiet. If you've got any other questions, you can get in touch with Matteo, right? Matteo, you've been an absolute star, and I've had such a good time on this episode. The presentation was cool. I love your work. Now, I'm going to bring up your link, but where can people get in contact with you if they want to say hello or ask questions? They can send me an email. If you look at the presentation at the end of the presentation, there is also the contact in the website, but also if you go to the last page of our presentation, there is an email. Uh, Here we go. So... Should be the last page. Yeah. So Mattiasanti at sassystudio.com and you can drop me an email and I will be happy to have a chat. Okay, brilliant. I'll bring it up on the oh there we go. It's perfect. Brilliant. Okay. On that note, I'm gonna end the live stream now. Thank you so perfect. much for being here. This has been easily one of my most favorite episodes by far and oh we've got some good feedback already thank you so thank you. much malcolm i really appreciate you being here as well okay matthias stay on the stage thank now you, i'm going to end the live stream you stay there but if you in the yeah. audience thank you so much i've got some thank cool you, good episodes coming up as well but do drop matthias a message and i will see you soon take care thank you everyone thanks thank you bye bye <laughs>